Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Politics, culture, chaos. It's time to make sense of it all. It's time to have a little fun. This is your afternoon dose of sanity. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. All right, uh, Biden is speaking right now, as a matter of fact. So I'd really like to bring it to you live. I'm having all kinds of internet issues. Sabotaged today by probably Phil Murphy and his campaign. Good afternoon. How are you today? How's your day going? Are you as tired as I am? You probably are, right? You must be. If you're following this crazy race in Jersey, which keeps changing by the minute. Um, see if I can get you this, whatever this is that Biden's doing right now. Let's see here. There we go. Are at a point, and it's understandable, where there's a whole lot of confusion. Everything from, are you going to ever get COVID under control? To, are my kids going to be in school? Are they going to be able to stay in school? to whether or not uh, um, I'm going to get a tax break that allows me to be able to pay for the needs of my kids and my family. And they're all things that we're that we're going to that I'm running on, that we'll run on. And I think we'll do fine. This ought to be good. I I, I think so, too. Uh, About the way forward, Mr. President. As you were leaving for your overseas trip, there were reports that were surfacing that your administration is planning to pay illegal immigrants who are separated from their families at the border up to $450,000 each, possibly a million dollars per family. Do you think that that might incentivize more people to come over illegally? If you guys keep sending that garbage out, yeah, but it's not true. So this is a garbage report? Yeah. Okay, so $450,000 $450, per person. Is that what you're saying? That was separated from a family member at the border under, under the last administration. That's not going to happen. Okay, and then just a follow-up, because you mentioned Trump a couple times. When you went to try to help Terry McAuliffe in, uh, a couple weeks ago, before you left, you mentioned Trump 24 times. Do you still think that voters really want to hear you talking about Trump more than the issues affecting them every day? Well, the reason I mentioned Trump, if I didn't count the times, is because the issues he supports are affecting their lives every day and there are negative impact on their lives, in my view. Thank you all very much. midterm election, sir, the Democratic Party too woke. Democrats on getting that bill passed. Oh, there's America's back. Okay, so there you go. That uh, uh, got in late, obviously, to, to this. 
Oh, he came back and said something snarky. What did he say? There, I'm not talking about the. Uh, oh, he said something snarky to somebody. Uh, all right, welcome to the podcast. I wanted to bring you the the rest of that. He was asked about all these questions, obviously about hey, is woke? You know, your agenda. It's been rejected. Uh, I'll get you audio. It literally, like just wrapped up, which is why I'm doing a little a bit later in the podcast this afternoon because I want to make sure that I could get all this for you. Uh, Joe Biden did say that he was. He, he was wrong on the elections, or did he say, I swallowed wrong, I can't keep track? At approximately, excuse me, <clears throat> I beg your pardon, I swallowed wrong. Will be available. Okay, no, he didn't say I was wrong on the elections, he said I swallowed wrong. Good, there, there, you, know, there you go, okay. So now we know. All right, uh, where do things stand right now? First of all, New Jersey is not over. And I have to say this because... I understand we were all a little bit sleep deprived right now. Jack Chitterelli can still win this race. And you're going to see numbers that keep changing. And every time the numbers go into Phil Murphy's favor, I'm getting texts from people and tweets from people going, is it over? Is it over? No, it's not over. Republican National Committee is sending in 20 election lawyers to look over the results. And look, I'm a history buff, especially when it comes to politics. I love this stuff. So I want to remind you, in case you forgot, which is totally reasonable because we forget lots of things in life, the tightest New Jersey governor's race ever came down to 1,797 votes, and it took three months until it was a concession. Three months. It was 1981, November 3rd, to be exact. Jim Florio, Tom Kane. It was an open seat for the governor's office. Kane was leading at the end of the night by 1,677 votes. Neither man will concede us. Florio was a boxer. He wasn't going to concede Jim Florio. By the way, for the record, leaving politics aside, two of the nicest guys you'll ever meet are Jim Florio and, and Tom Kane. I, honest, I, I mean, two of the nicest guys, truly. And... They're friends, you know, they became friends. I mean, there's like a small club of governors, obviously, and, and they're real nice guys, actually. But anyway, this got pretty ugly, as you can imagine, afterward, because they called the race for Florio. And Governor Tom Kane was preparing to give his concession speech. I have some friends who worked on that race back then, and they thought they lost. You know, they were in the back of the... Whenever you have these big things, these big, these big campaign events, you know, the ballroom and everything like that, you... You always have a special area for the candidate and the inner circle. And everybody else is out, obviously. Because it's anxiety. You don't want to be pressing the flesh and you think you might be winning or losing and that sort of thing. They thought they lost. And Kane was walking to give his concession speech at his campaign headquarters in Livingston. And then his campaign manager ran over to him and said, it's not over, it's not over, it's not over. And then it went on. The, the counting went on for... Not two months, I was exaggerating, but a month. December 2nd is when Kane was declared the winner by 1,797 votes. And Florio wound up uh, conceding shortly after that. So there you go. I mean, this may get as close as that race. Who knows? Who knows? It keeps changing. And so I'm even hesitant to give you numbers because by the time this podcast is published and you listen to it, the numbers are going to change again. So I don't think I'm going to do that. I really don't think. I thought about that. I don't think it's worth it. The numbers are going to change. 
What I can't figure out, though, is why we can't get numbers from Essex County, New Jersey. And I just tweeted out the fact that the, uh, the, the clerk in Essex County wants everybody to know there's nothing weird at all about the voting machines being locked up or whatever the hell's going on over there. I mean, Jersey has some really weird stuff that happens, as you can imagine, uh, and a lot of corruption. I mean, the state is rife with corruption. As I said, former Brendan Byrne, also an incredibly, really nice guy. He used to have this great joke about when I die, I want to be buried in Hudson County so I can remain active in politics. And I love that. I still think it's one of the funniest lines I've ever heard before. Uh, but, you know, what's happening right now, what's going on in, in the fact that we can't get access to all the uh, all the votes, all the vote totals, because some counties have not reported yet. It's crazy. It really is. It's nuts. So I retweeted before. News 12, New Jersey, reporting the following. The Essex County clerk is asking New Jersey residents not to jump the conclusions as to why the 56 voting machines were shut down last night without being counted first. This is why the Republican National Committee is sending in 20 election lawyers, by the way. So just nothing to see here. All is well. All is well. Uh, Let's see here now. With the New Jersey gubernatorial race still so close, Essex County Clerk Christopher Durkin says, where the 56 districts in which votes have not been counted are located, and then they're going to say the full story about why they, they, they weren't. I'll try to bring you the audio on this. Uh, this is, a, uh, again, like anything else that's going on here today, a lot of this is coming in uh, minute by minute, and we're excited about that fact, but... You know, I, I don't I don't know exactly what's going to happen. And so we're trying to find this out. Um, one thing I will tell you this is that. The polling industry is a disgrace. It really is. In particular, the New Jersey polling industry is a disgrace. This this Mammoth University poll, this guy, Patrick Murray. What a fraud this guy is. What a fraud. I'm amazed at how these people can keep getting it so wrong and they keep going on TV, except they're not getting it wrong, you know. They're getting it right. Because the whole goal here is to suppress the vote. It really is. That's the whole goal. This guy, this Murray's a liberal, and the Rutgers polling and the Fairleigh Dickinson polling, these people are all a bunch of left-wing hacks. And the New Jersey media, the press corps, like the press corps in the whole country, a bunch of hacks too. So they just go along with it and they dutifully publish it. So what they wind up doing is they get this horrible poll that is so wrong, and then they run with it. Murphy has double-digit lead is the headline the day before the election. When, uh, you know, voting's underway and everything like this. Murphy has double-digit lead, they say. And everybody goes, okay, I guess it's over, right? No, it's, it's not over. That's the thing. It's not over. But when they tell everybody that that's the way it is because he's got a double-digit lead, well, what happens is people wind up going, oh, you know what? Um... I guess we won't bother voting. And I heard this from people over the weekend. And I'm begging people. I'm like, listen to me. You have no idea what you're talking about. I don't care what Vegas says. I don't care about the 99% chance. I heard it with Hillary Clinton enough. But the same guy, Patrick Murray, he had it wrong in 2016. This hack. But the problem is, what these people wind up doing, which is so dangerous, is that they not only suppress the vote with their BS, what they also do, though, is they really hurt people. So my friend Alex Wilkes, who's over at the Republican State Committee, Alex, by the way, who used to be an intern at Talk Radio 1210 WPHC back in the day, uh, she pointed something out earlier, and I retweeted it, and that is this. The same polls that had us losing by double digits also said last year 
that King Philip the Unaccountable had a 70 plus percent approval rating on COVID. He then used those polls as a license to do whatever he wanted, shuttering businesses, closing parks, masking two-year-olds, etc. How many lives were ruined by the fake polls that gave that guy all the power that he wanted? It's a great question, she asks. It's a great question. So over in, uh, in, at, the, at News 12 New Jersey, I guess they talked to the clerk of Essex County, Christopher Durkin, about why it is that it's still so close and why it is that we don't have all the votes in yet and why machines were locked up without being counted. Because Jersey. Are those 56 districts within Newark? Were they outside of Newark? Is it a mix? Uh, it's a mix, uh, but they're they're mostly uh, in in Newark, in East Orange, in Irvington, uh, Maplewood, Montclair. Uh, the majority of those fifty six districts. The yeah, machines just locked up. You know what I mean? In in Newark, New Jersey, of all places, in Newark, New Jersey. Ah <laughs> oh, man, I'll tell you what. It's 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 amazing to me the kind of crap that goes on in this state. It really is the kind of, the kind of nonsense and crap that happens. It's absolutely just mind boggling that we get, you know, we get this kind of stuff. But I think at the end of the day, when you look at these polls, Rutgers poll, uh, Mammoth poll, Fairleigh Dickinson poll, all this stuff, all these polls, double digit lead, triple digit lead. Everybody loves them. And then it turns out to be a razor thin race, razor thin race. You turn around and you go, all right, what are the ramifications for these pollsters? I mean, weather people I understand because honestly, weather is to some degree like climate change, like the earth rotating. It's uh, it's freaking nature <laughs> and it's pretty unpredictable. But polling is supposed to be a data-based science and yet these guys had it so wrong. But here's the point I want to make. Trafalgar was close. They were off by about, they said it was going to be like a four-point race with the margin of error is pretty tight. But they, the New Jersey press corps didn't, didn't write anything about that. So the hacks over at the Star-Ledger and Asbury Park Press and Bergen County Record and all these other papers around the state, they just ignored that poll. Now, if the Trafalgar poll, which showed Jack Chitterelli behind by four points, which is really a tie of the margin of error, I talked about it in my show. If that poll had gone out there. Like, in other words, if NJ.com had covered that with the same intensity, it covered that 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 low-energy, garbage, incorrect piece of steaming of, pile of junk mammoth pole, would things have changed in terms of voter turnout? You know, because with the mammoth pole, the flat headlines, tweets, everything else, the Trafalgar poll, they ignore it. See, this is what I absolutely despise about the media in this country right now. They just ignored that. They pretended like the poll did not exist. (laughs) They pretended like the poll never happened. And that's just amazing. But it's not amazing because the goal here with the poll and the goal here with the press coverage of the poll is to make sure that people don't vote. That's the goal of it is to make sure that you think Jack Chidrelli has no chance and you stay home. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And somebody asked me earlier today, I said, but Rich, what about the whole idea that, uh, what you know, what if this notion that if, if the polls look good, then people will stay home because they think they got it in the bag? It doesn't work that way. People like to be on the winning team. 
So they wind up turning around and backing who they think is going to win. Now, Ed Durr is going to win, which I love. And this guy's great. He spent 153 bucks on his campaign. And not only is he going to win, he's knocking off Steve Sweeney, one of the most powerful Democrats. Well, first of all, the most powerful Democrat in the state besides the governor and one of the most powerful Democrats in the country. A truck driver, fan of Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, fan of mine. Hell of a guy. Sweetheart of a man. Really nice people. He said, I joke with people and said, I'm going to shock the world. I'm going to beat this man. I was saying it, but really kind of joking because what chance did a person like me really stand against this man? He's literally the second most powerful person in the state of New Jersey. Got three kids, six grandchildren. It was amazing. It's an amazing story. It's an amazing story. It really is. And it shows you something, right? It tells you something. It tells you about the power of the grassroots and how people are tired of it. I think also that Steve Sweeney, who at one point, you know, iron worker, South Jersey, tough guy, Mr. Tough Guy, had he not uh, gone along with all of King Philip the Unaccountable's edicts to shut down the state and lock everybody down and destroy small businesses and kill people in nursing homes? Like, in other words, if he had had some cojones and stood up to this crap and did something about it, then he maybe had a chance. But everybody turned around and said, what happened to you, man? When did you when did you give up your your would you become a gelding and hand over your family jewels to Phil Murphy like this? You just do everything he wants. What happened? Mr. Tough Guy Ironworker. Mr. Tough Guy, but the fix was in. The fix was in. So Murphy was able to, as 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 governor of New Jersey, he was able to control everything, and the legislature would not stand up to him. No matter what he did. They would not stand up to him. They would not go up against the king. Pathetic. And so Phil Phil Murphy the destruction that he caused in New Jersey and Steve Sweeney never, ever dared to stop him with any of it, even masking our children, none of it. And now he's out. So the most powerful Democrat in the state of New Jersey is out. And Ed Durr, a guy who had no chance in hell of winning, spent 153 bucks on this race, is now going to be a senator and knocked out the president of the New Jersey State Senate, who held all the power when it came to appointments, bills that would be posted, which bills would get to the governor's desk, etc. That's amazing. But it tells you a lot, right? About the power of grassroots. It tells you a lot about people that, that are just emphasis, just, you know, fired up and say enough is enough. And, you know, we're, we're, we're tired of it. We're mad as hell. We're not going to take it anymore, as they say. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of that that's happening out there. No doubt. Let me, uh, let me share with you some more audio here. We're still making Trump jokes, you know. Biden doesn't know what year it is. I mean, this is pathetic. He doesn't know what year it is, but this is this. Listen to this now. Hang on a second here. Someone's phone rang in the in the in the crowd today. I, I know my my voice is a little hoarse. You got to forgive me, but I'm uh, going on like, you know, half hour sleep here. But anyway, no, they'll get tax breaks on a genuine tax breaks. If that's Trump to tell him I'm busy. <laughs> bad, bad joke. But anyway, but, the, but yeah, it is a bad joke and it's not even a relevant joke. They see they're obsessed with Trump though. They can't they can't get over it. They cannot get over this fact. That's the problem with them. They just can't. They're like obsessed. They really are. They're obsessed with Trump. It's amazing. Still, right? Still. Uh Peter Ducey, the deuce, had some questions for Biden today regarding whether or not his administration was going to get four hundred fifty thousand dollars individuals separated at the border under Trump, which was a big story. And apparently, according to the president now, 
I guess it's fake news. This ought to be good. I, I, I think so, too. Uh, about the way forward, Mr. President, as you were leaving for your overseas trip, there were reports that were surfacing that your administration is planning to pay illegal immigrants who are separated from their families at the border up to $450,000 each, possibly a million dollars per family. Do you think that that might incentivize more people to come over illegally? If you guys keep sending that garbage out, yeah, but it's not true. So this is a garbage report? Yeah. Okay. So $450,000 per person. Is that what you're saying? That was separated from a family member at the border under under the last administration. That's not going to happen. Okay. And then just to follow That's not going to happen, he says. That's not going to happen. You see that? Not going to happen. Do you believe that? Is that fake news, Mr. President? I guess so. It's fake news. Good to know. Uh, people are wondering right now, as the leader of the Democrat Party, how much responsibility do you take for the dismal results in Virginia last night? Good question, right? After all, he is the leader of the party. <laughs> um, as leader of the Democratic Party, how much responsibility do you take for the dismal results in Virginia and the other Well, look, yesterday reminded me of... Uh, that one of the sacred rights we have is to be able to go out and cast our votes. And remember that we all have an obligation to accept the legitimacy of these elections. I was talking to Terry, the president today. He got 600,000 more votes than any Democrat ever has gotten. We brought out every Democrat about there was more votes than ever has been cast for a Democratic incumbent. I'm not incumbent, a Democrat running for governor. And no governor in Virginia has ever won when he's of the same or he or she's the same party as the sitting president. What I do know is, I do know that people want us to get things done. They want us to get things done. And that's why I'm continuing to push very hard for the Democratic Party to move along and pass my infrastructure bill and my Build Back Better bill. I think if we look, think about what, we, what we're talking about here. People are upset and uncertain about a lot of things from COVID to school to jobs to a whole range of things and the cost of a gallon of gasoline. And so if I'm able to pass signing the law, my Build Back Better initiative, I'm in a position where you're going to see a lot of those things ameliorated quickly and swiftly. So that has to be done. You know what? People are not confused. Actually, people are not scared. People sent a big rejection to you and your party that they don't want this crap. They don't want this anymore. It's not. They're not confused. They're not scared. They're not uncertain. They're very certain. They're certain they don't want lockdowns. They don't want our kids home at the table. They don't want mandates. They don't want this stuff. They're not. There's no uncertainty out there, actually, Mr. President. It's the opposite. We know what we want. We don't want you. We know what we want to reject. It's you and your and your policies and 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 these liberals on school boards throughout our area who want to keep our kids at the kitchen table and 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 have all these these the curriculum this, this indoctrination this propaganda. That's what we're rejecting. We're also rejecting mandates, vaccine mandates for kids. We're rejecting that too. And you're still pushing for it. That's the average. And one more thing. Vaccinating our children will help us keep our schools open, keep our kids in the classroom, learning, socializing with their classmates and teachers. 
I think every reporter in this room who has a child understands the difference of a child going to school and having to learn from home. See, this is this is going to be the new thing now. They realize now that they, they, they woke up to the fact that parents want their kids in school. So now what they're going to do is, oh, you want kids in school? Now you got to vaccinate them. And we're going to mandate it. And you're not going to have a say. And you got to do it. And uh, you got to do it. If you want kids in school. Because again, for them, this is virtue signaling. The, the vaccine mandates are virtue signaling. This is amazing. This is amazing. Now, uh, Yamichi Al Alcindor asking the president now on, of course, taxpayer funded B P uh, PBS. Um, why should Democrats what should Democrats possibly do differently to avoid similar losses in November, especially as Republicans are now successfully running on culture war issues and false claims about critical race theory? You believe these freaking hacks? We pay for this crap. We pay for PBS. This is state run media and we're paying for it. Mr. What should Democrats possibly do differently to avoid similar losses in November, especially as Republicans are now successfully running on culture war issues and false claims about from a critical race theory? Well, I think we should produce for the American people. See that now? False culture wars and false claims about critical race theory. This is this is this is what they're saying. Oh, man. What's your message, though? Yamichi Alexander Alcindor puts his back. What's your message, though, for Democratic voters, especially black voters, who see Republicans running on race, education, lying about critical race theory, and they're worried that Democrats don't have an effective way to push back on that? Well, I think that uh, the whole answer is just to speak the truth, lay out where we are. Look, um, black voters who see Republicans running on race, education, lying about critical race theory, and they're worried Democrats don't have an effective way to push back on that. So let's understand this now. Let's understand. Uh, A, critical race theory doesn't exist. All right? It doesn't exist. It's not real. No one's teaching it. Secondly, they're lying about what it is. Wait, huh? what? what? Which is it? Does it exist or not? No, it doesn't exist. It's not being taught in schools. Oh, okay, good. But don't you malign it. Wait, what? I mean, don't you talk bad about it and say, like, don't make up stuff about it. You just said it's not being taught. Right. But stop lying about it. Lying about it being taught? No, about what it is. It's like a who's on first thing. Hey, what? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Which is it? One or the other? We're not confused, though. That's the thing. We're not confused. Nobody's confused. Nobody's uncertain. Nobody. We have to speak to them, though. We have to speak to them and explain them. Look, I just think people are at a point, and it's understandable, where there's a whole lot of confusion. Yeah, we're not confused. And this is this is Grandpa Joe trying to heal the nation after his party got shellacked last night. Shellacked. And the re racist Republicans in Virginia elected the first black woman statewide in the Commonwealth's history. History. Joe Biden's not taking any responsibility, of course, for the losses last night. This is because of, uh, you know, all those conservative folks in red districts, you know, all those racists who voted for the first black woman in the Commonwealth's history statewide, of course. So those same racists. Mr. President, given what you said, do you take some responsibility? And do you think that Terry McAuliffe would have won if your agenda had passed before Election Day? Well, uh, I think we should have it should have passed before Election Day. But I'm not sure that I would be able to have changed the 
number of very conservative folks who turned out in the red districts who were Trump voters. But maybe, maybe. See that? So these this small group of conservatives who turned out last night, that's why this happened. That's why this this happened, you realize. Not his agenda. It wasn't a rejection of him. You realize that. It was not a rejection of him. What a lie, this guy. I mean, the lies here are just absolutely amazing. Are they not absolutely amazing? Let's cut through the BS. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. All right, want to hear some other stuff that's going on today? Why not, right? Let's do it. So here's what else is happening in the world today as we await some clarity on the New Jersey governor's race. Um, Joy Reid, today on The View, black players are making millions in the NFL because it's dangerous. And no one else wants to do it. You know, how, how this is not a racist statement, I have no idea, according to the standards of the left. But, hey, let's let's run with it, shall we? I was just saying that, you know, because uh, African-Americans in this country have been subjected to racism, as we know, and mm-hmm. are beh- behind the eight ball a lot in mm-hmm. every field. Mm-hmm. A lot of these black men who are good players, they go into the field because a lot of other fields are closed to them. Mm-hmm. And so it's a dangerous field. They take the risk because the money's good. So when you say that they have their own agency, I say not necessarily. You know, it's like boxing. It's like boxing. You know, the history of boxing, first Italians were boxers. Why? Because they couldn't get other jobs. Then Irish were boxers and they couldn't get other jobs. Then black men, etc. It's these are fields that no anybody, by the way, want to think about the idea that maybe people just like playing football. I'm just again, I'm gonna throw it out there. I'm gonna throw it out there. Maybe they like playing football. Some people enjoy the game. Believe, believe it or not, some people would actually enjoy playing. They, you, know, you know what this is, right? This is the, the left wants football banned. You know that, right? They do. They want football banned. Uh, they don't like it. It's too violent for them. They like boxing banned, too. They've been going on about this for years. But this whole thing that it's it, Colin Kaepernick the other day, it's slavery and they weigh us. It's like the slave trade and everything else. The left would love nothing more than to have football banned. All those white males cheering for the for these these black players running around and the people making millions of dollars off of them and in America and especially all those let's go Brandon chants. Oh, they'd love to get rid of football and NASCAR and boxing. And I guess the only thing they I think they'd love to still have figure skating. I think would be their thing. That's what the left would still love. No offense to figure skaters. Else wants to really go to because they're dangerous. I'm sure that you know these. A lot of you are saying Kaepernick is, is a, a different case, but that's an anecdotal yeah. uh, he four, example. He was a 4.0 right. student. As, 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 and why you is know, he not working? Is like, like the guy he's hey, not taking a Netflix series. He's- Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he wanted to play football. Like I, I mean, uh, it's not as if it's football or you. You're, you're fighting in the gladiator doom of death, and that's it. And so your only chance of getting... This isn't the running man, where your only chance of getting out is to play the game. Like, there's other opportunities there. I know that these idiots can't figure it out, but if Colin Kaepernick had a 4.0, he would have got a job somewhere. He, w- he would have, believe it or not. But maybe he liked playing football, even though he clearly was not very good at it. I know what you're wondering, too, which is this. Uh, now that they're they're all in on now mandating vaccines for our kids, which, of course, that's coming and I'll fight like hell against it. Uh, will we get to zero spread then once the once the kiddos are vaccinated? Well, then well, then finally, then this all will be over and we could all move on with our lives. Uh, nope, not according to a Santo Fauci gain of function Fauci. Not so fast. 
Well, I'm, I'm not so sure we're going to get soon to zero spread, but we want to get out of the pandemic phase and into a very good control phase. You know, there are different levels of of approach and, and, and control of a particular outbreak. You go from pandemic to deceleration going down to you go to then control, you go to elimination and eradication. I don't think we're going to get to eradication. We've only eradicated one viral disease and that's smallpox. But you can get it down to a very low level if you get enough people vaccinated. And a low level is one that doesn't interfere with how we function in society. Because right now, as we all know, this outbreak is having a very profound effect on how society functions throughout the world. We want to get those cases down low enough that it may not eliminate it completely, but it certainly is not going to be a public health issue. Yeah, that it can really reduce the risk in schools now that kids are back in them. I wonder. Yeah, well, but it's still it'll still go on, though. You realize that, right? It'll never, ever end. It'll never, ever end. Now that the votes last night show the shellacking for Democrats, you think Democrats will change their mind in anything? You know, maybe stop insulting people, stop insulting parents, maybe stop telling parents, hey, you shouldn't have a say in school board elections or what your kids are taught in school, for example. You think they'll learn anything? What about their their massive agenda of spending and taxation and inflation? You think you think they'll change that? Hmm. Let's ask the vampiric one, the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, shall we? Does he change the agenda for uh, the House? No. No. We learn nothing. We change nothing. Like we're still insulting people and calling them racist too. Representative Sheila Jackson Lee of Texas, who's not very bright, of course, forgetting the fact and ignoring the fact as they will, of course, that in Texas, I mean, in Virginia, excuse me, uh, they elected the first black woman statewide in the Commonwealth, who's a Republican, by the way. And uh, the, the, the outgoing governor, Governor Blackface, Governor Shoe Polish, Governor Northam. I say, I say, I'll miss this place. That's my my southern accent, of course, is sort of foghorn leghorn. But anyway, the guy who actually put shoe polish face, shoe polish on his face to do karaoke is now gone. And yet somehow the Republicans are the racist. I'm not I don't know. Again, I'm not sure how that works. But at one point, everybody called on Ralph Northam to resign as governor of Virginia. And then with Joe Biden, last couple weeks of the campaign, it was like, as my buddy. Hey, and uh Terry uh, McAuliffe was like, oh, yeah, I'm a buddy, but I love that guy. I love that guy. Bunch of hypocrites, right? But Republicans are the racists. Change. Is this addition and change a reaction to the losses like in Virginia last night? Well, the good news is we haven't lost in New Jersey. We're still holding on there with a great governor, and uh, we hope that that will uh, see that governor reelected. And as it relates to Virginia, I've looked at that. I'm not a Virginian. I was there on Sunday. Um, talking to a lot of good Virginians, and they were excited about uh, their candidates and excited about the future of Virginia. I really uh, define Virginia as a case that was about local issues. Those were about parental issues. And unfortunately, racism raised its ugly head, and the Republican candidate used it very aptly. He followed the Trump playbook, use race, and get a win. And that's very sad. I mean, I'm not going to tie that to Democrats or anything we did here in Washington. I'm going to tie that and continuing to try to work to promote the beloved community that Martin King and John Lewis talked about. 
But getting Should, back to the bill, go ahead. Yes, Kate, sorry. I, I'm so no, sorry. No, no, I just, it's with okay. The time it's, we have. it's fine. But it's is fine, the move fine, this fine. morning on the Hill a reaction to the loss in Virginia last night? Of course not. They're going to change anything that happened in Virginia last night. They're going to change a damn thing. They're going to continue to insult people. They're going to continue to mock people. They're going to continue to do all the things that they do because that's what they do. It's all they know how to do. They don't care. They're not lying, trying to change anything, by the way. Uh, look. This is this is this is the uh, hang on one second here. Uh, it'll be there in a few. Uh, it's just uh, telling them that there is going to be a podcast this afternoon. A little bit late today, I know. Uh, as of right now, the New Jersey governor's race is still close to, to still too close to call. It's five o'clock. This is going to be a little late today, obviously, but uh, there's no resolution yet, and I'm I'm still holding out hope here, and I hope I would encourage you to do the same thing. Because this is a wacky, wacky jump ball here. So all I can tell you is this. And here's what I will say to you as I put on my outgoing music. Nobody thought the race would be this close but me. Nobody. Nobody thought the race would be this close but me. And it is this close. And here we are. So I'm telling you right now, let's just chill out, hang out, see what the next day brings. Provisional ballots, mail ballots, count them. We got the election lawyers in. See how this goes. But positive mental attitude. All right? Positive mental attitude. It's important. We got to have it. All right? Hey, thanks for listening. I appreciate it very, very much. Hope today wasn't too low energy, but, you know, a sore throat. I don't think it's COVID. I think it's just lack of sleep. But, hey, you never know. I can't sleep, though. Too much adrenaline. Boy, Joe Biden doesn't have that problem, does he? Uncle Naps? We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.